right, Sam, Samuel, Samuel. Cheers. <laughs> That's great. Um, before I start, I, um, for those that uh, are unaware, ah, oh, oh, there they are. Do you mind standing, Anita and Stephen? These two got married yesterday. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Hey, Stephen and Anita Jordan. That's cool. You know what's even more cool? Because we're a smaller house, people at home, I apologise in advance. Why don't you just yell out your middle name, Stephen? That's right. Michael Jordan. That's right. That's right. And, and, and what was your father's name? That's right. Well, I just love that. that, that that's, that's got traction for the next five or six years, that. <laughs> um, while we were worshipping today, um, there was just a, a, a place. It was around Sammy's song, but from the front, um, it sounded like everyone was just singing. There was just, for me, it was like a, a trumpet call. And I just was sitting with the Lord because I, I'm very aware, for those that haven't been with us for a long time, there is a, a, a declaration, there is a prophetic word over the house that we would release our own sound. And there was something significant when Lockie released his song, um, Samuel, his chorus, and others over the time that will come. But God just reminded me of the walls of Jericho, that yes, they marched, but when they blew the trumpet, it was a sound that they knew. It was a sound that they were totally uh, aware of. They'd heard it before. But when the time came, when the right time came for that sound, and then they were asked to shout out, let's go with, they sang along with the sound of the people. It was what brought down the walls of Jericho. And I just have this prophetic sense, and I want to declare into the heavens now, and I'm always, I, always, I don't like to step into this space because it always, it's interesting what comes after, but I, I just feel as, though, as we continue to release a sound here. This, this is not about size, it's about the prophetic word. As we release the sound and we shout out and we sing with it, I believe there are going to be walls of Jerichos that are going to come down, not just in our lives, but in the community around us. So I just want you to hold on to that, yeah, and grab, grab that. It's just, a, it's just a real sense. And... Uh, maybe from down the back, I, I don't know if you, you, you notice it, but certainly when you're at the front, it is just like these voices that are singing, you know, um, and it has nothing to do with the, the musicians as, as talented and gifted as they are, but just these voices, and so I, I'm looking forward to that. We declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, let's just not pray yet. I'll pray in a second because where I want to go will be interesting enough. Um, I, I, I'm Italian. I grew up in the western suburbs of Melbourne. Even when I lived in Sydney for 11 months, I lived in the western suburbs. Right? So, hey, 
it is generally the places where you get the best food, but outside of that, there are also places that you've got to fight from time to time. And I think the reality is in life that we are a people that are actually created in a way, when it comes to the things of God, that we need to be able to fight. We need to be... We need to step into a place of being warriors. You know, you think about life just in general, even in the schoolyard, you know, kids use words to fight, don't they? You know, they, we, we, we're brought up with this sense that sometimes we've got to battle things. Some things come really easy in life when we walk with God, but generally, it, and if you've raised kids, <laughs> yeah, it's not a tip, you know, a, a tiptoe through the tulips, is it? And, and, and when you get those parents that tell you how good their kids are, don't you want to slap them? Yeah, yeah, right. Because for most of us, it's been a fight. Yeah, most of us, it's been a fight. So when those perfect kids have a moment, I know this is wrong. I sort of sit there and smile. Okay, <laughs> yes, welcome to our life and everybody else's. You know, but we we we're in this world where we fight. Even even with mental health going through the roof at the moment, that we have to fight discouragement. We've got to fight anxiety. We've got to fight depression. We're, we're constantly in this, in this place where we've got a battle. And what, one of the things that I think we have to be aware of as Christians, one of the fights that we do want to take up, that we have to take up, is a fight against offence. Because it doesn't matter where you go, but particularly you know, in life, but it seems to be through churches all over the world that people get offended. And I don't know how to say this, but that's not how a child of God should live. It's just not. We're not wired that way. It's not meant to be our reaction, our default. And so when offence comes, we have to know it, sense it, and we need to be able to fight it because our relationship with Jesus is totally dependent on us fighting offence. And I I can't... I, I almost... Not sickened, I'm just tired of hearing people that are offended with others. I can't hug them because I don't like them. I'm annoyed by them. I can't shake their hand. I can't go to that church because they made me a bad coffee. I I can't go over here because they don't sing the songs. And I I can't go over there because someone moved the speaker once. And people hold on to these offences. And you know what? It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, it's flat out ridiculous. This is, this is almost going to sound like I'm slapping someone, but I'm slapping myself because it's just not where we should live. And, and if you think about it, we know that of offence, you know, we know that offence is spelled O-F-F-E-N-S-E, but we almost should spell it as two words. It's offence should be a-fence. Because it creates offence between us and God. It actually builds offence between us and the person that we're now offended by. Yeah? And it's just what a way to live. If you and I are going to live and walk as Jesus did, then we need to deal with offences as they come. The seasons, the situations, the circumstances that bring them. And we need to be able to fight, fight those offences. Because if we don't, really plainly, you know, grab this. If you're at home, offence will actually rob us, flat out rob us of God's promises for us. And I want to step into the prophetic declaration that we, we declared this morning with what God's got in store. The last thing I want to do is miss out on that because I'm offended by someone, you know? Hebrews 12.14 says, Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I just want to quickly pray. Father, give us wisdom today that we would actually be more like you. 
that, Lord, when stuff comes, when offence comes, when situations are presented, Lord, that we would react, that we would answer, that, Lord, our response would be like you, that in those situations we would truly be as you are. Lord, thank you that you've set us apart. Thank you that you've made us holy. Thank you that because of that wonderful sacrifice on the cross, Lord, that Lord, we're now sanctified and justified by the blood of Jesus. I pray, God, that we would have the, the inner strength and will and wisdom to walk in your ways. So, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to us with wisdom this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. The scripture says work at, work at living in peace. Yeah, Work, work at living in peace a holy life with, with one another. And if you actually ask the question, why does it say that? You know, it's because we're supposed to live at peace with each other. If we're following, if we're loving the Prince of Peace, right? if he's, our, he's the monarch that we follow, yeah, he's the example for our lives, and he's called the Prince of Peace, then we should be living a life full of peace. And if we want to live that life, then you and I, we're going to have to work at some things. Yeah? We're going to have to work some things out of our own life. We're going to, we have to work at it. It doesn't actually happen easily. How do I know? Because there are people that are living in offence everywhere around us, isn't there? Like I come from a, I mentioned I'm Italian, I come from a European family. There's people offended in European families everywhere. Like if any, if you're ever going to gangster slap someone, it has to be someone in a European family. They, get, they would rather hold on to offence and be right than make things right in family. It's just, it, it's insanity. You know, I remember when I got married to Mel, you know, I think all couples go through some tough times. You know, we would go through some tough times back then, you know, but there was a point early in the marriage that I thought we finally arrived. We are the picture-perfect couple. We don't fight. Like, this is just, wow. This is what life is meant to be, yeah? And then we started to pass through some tough times. And then we moved. We built a house in Caroline Springs. And then we had a child, Samuel. He was our first. Samuel came, came along and, you know, we were busy. Mel was busy. And, and all of a sudden, stuff started to creep in. And, and we would have the odd heated discussion. You know, like Mel and I recollect some of this stuff differently because I, I don't think we got into fights. Mel would suggest that, you know, I had a very loud, almost a screaming type voice and I think it's just natural that I'm Italian that I just have a loud voice. But we would have this difference of opinion, you're screaming, you're, you know, no, I'm, no, I'm not. It's just me making a point. You know, like, I'm just... If you ever get around an Italian table or a Greek table over dinner, if you don't raise your voice, nobody hears you on the other side. So for me, it was really normal to speak quite loudly, but no, no, apparently Mel calls it yelling. I, I figure yelling is different, but hey. Um, anyway, and, and for those that are here, for those that are just married, right, whether it's your first time, your 27th time, or whether you've not gone there yet, you're going to have these moments. You're going to have heated discussions. You can't run from them. They will come. I don't know why. They just do. And when you're in that little pocket where you think, per I've got the perfect relationship, it'll never happen again, they come anyway. <laughs> I remember once, stuff got so heated, I jumped into my car, and back then, it was my Magna TN Elite. 
You know, I loved it. I loved that car until I fell asleep with the cruise control on. That's another story. But I remember jumping into that car and all I wanted to do was find someone to drink coffee with. I just wanted to find someone that would understand what just happened in my home. I, I, I actually was trying to find someone that would be on my side. And where did I end up? What a good Italian I am. At my mum's place. Right? <laughs> I ended up at my mum's place. And you know what? So I shared with her the story while she's making me a coffee. And surprise to surprise, guess what? She was not on my side. I don't know if I've... No, I have forgiven her, otherwise I'd be in offence. So I better pretend like I've forgiven her so that I can share this message. You know? But um, like, I couldn't believe that she wasn't on my side. So she asked me what happened, so I told her. And she goes, what you need to do, you actually have to work it out. You can't just go, like, run away. And what you've got to understand, I, I was married before. This is now my second marriage. My mum flat out comes out, you don't want to lose another one, do you? Like, are you, are you for real? Like, that's, like, what a, what a godly mother. Slap, she went. Like, you know, you're going to have to go home. You're going to have to work it out. So, unfortunately, I had to go home. And I had to work it out. And the Bible says that you and I, we've got to work it out. We've got to work this stuff out. Because we can't just jump into the car, our cars and drive around and find someone that will side with us. Because I'm telling you, if you look hard enough... You will find someone that will agree with you, whether it's right or wrong, yeah? We can't just do that. We've got to learn to work things out, especially when it comes to offence. Now, uh, uh, being offended is really difficult because I don't know everyone's offence. I don't know what's happened in people's lives that they would be offended. I know this that whatever's happened that's caused one of us to have offence, someone else, somewhere else, has had something far worse than even your circumstance or situation, yeah? Because I've heard over and over, no, I, 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 can't, I can't forgive that person. You don't know what they've done to me. They have, they've hurt me. I'm going to hold on to this offence. You've got no idea what they did. I'm just so offended. You know what? No, that's, that's why we need to talk about it. Because if we're going to be a Christian, stop believing a lie. Stop being so willy-nilly that you will not be Christ to people. Because at the end of the day, if you hold offence with someone, listen carefully, especially at home, you're not being Jesus. Don't go around flying the Christian flag and hold on to offence and pretend that you're still a believer. What a load of hogwash that is. That's not even biblical. Right now, I've probably offended anyone that's watching all five of those people. <laughs> yeah, probably good that there's a couple away, because otherwise they'd be offended as well. But you can't hold on to an offence and still say that you're Christian. You can't. All of us will one day, if we haven't already, we will be offended. And let me, let's, let's bring home some truth. All of us, me included, will offend somebody one day, if we haven't already. I often say from, from the front here, hey, I'm really sorry if I've not offended you yet. Give it time, it'll happen. Yeah? It's inevitable. I will. I'll say something from the front. Or, or I'll, I won't make you a coffee. Or I'll walk past you. I'll do something and you'll be offended. 
It's inevitable. It'll happen. But Luke 17, 1 in the, in the New King James says, Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offences should come, but woe to him through whom they do come. Yeah? So if, if you're a person that likes to keep notes in your mind, write it down, we just need to know this. This is the, the, the happy part of the message. That offences will come. They will. You'll be offended. You, you can't get away from it. It's in the Bible. If you don't like it, rip out the page. If you don't like it, get a translation that doesn't use the word offend, that uses something else. Yeah? But as far as I can read here, it says that it is impossible that no offences should come. Offences will come. Jesus said offences will, will come. We don't even have to look for them. They're just going to come. Totally just going to come. And listen, if Jesus said offences will come, none of us can be hypersensitive. None of us can be so sensitive that someone looks at you the wrong way, yeah, that we get offended. Someone didn't notice that you coloured your hair, you know. Your partner didn't realise you got a haircut, you know, or whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden we carry this offence because we're super sensitive. Don't look for people to offend you. They'll find you. <laughs> Don't be like that. Don't be so hypersensitive because hypersensitive people... Don't make it very far in this world because they're always upset. Always. I can't live like that. I personally can't live like that and I don't think a Christian can live like that. Just quietly. If we want to be a people that march to the beat of Jesus, march to the beat like Lockie this morning, you know, being the, the human drum, yeah, while he was going for it, that was awesome. If we want to march to the beat of Jesus, if we want to look like him, talk like him, smell like him, then when offence comes, we need to fight it. We have to understand. One of Stephen O'Day's favourite um, books in relation to John Bevere is The Bait of Satan. And John Bevere says the bait of Satan is getting us offended, making sure that we get offended. That's his bait. You know? so, so what does offence mean? It actually comes from a, a Greek word called scandalon or scandalizo. You know, scandalous, if you will. But it means to trap or snare. That's what it actually means. It was literally that part of the trap that you would put the bait on. Yeah? So an offence is a trap. It's actually set to trap us. Yeah? That's why John calls it the bait of Satan. Yeah? He uses it as the bait to trap us. And then it keeps us, and it keeps us in a place where we can't forgive and we can't move on. If we're supposed to live an abundant life, let's learn how to fight this thing, yeah? Let's not allow it to creep into, one, into our church family, into, into the community, into our homes. Let's not allow it to get a hold of us anywhere. Because when you and I are offended, it's where we perceive, really simply, it's where we perceive actions against us that have hurt us. And then we place, right, without asking, intent on that action. We assume the intent of the other person. It's not to say that people don't offend us on purpose, but generally speaking, <laughs> it's certainly not something that was intentional. You know, most of us have been offended. Most of us have been offended, and the truth is 
That was unintentional. It was never meant to affect us in that way. You know, and the fact is that you and I will probably be offended even sometime today. You know, someone will push in line when you go to the supermarket. You know, you're at Aldi, and you know, who, goes to, who shops at Aldi? Yeah, I love Aldi. Nice, cheap, good stuff. I, I find what I'm looking for. And you're in that line, and the person, the people in front of you got a stack of stuff. The third person's got a trolley with about $450 worth of goods, and you're there with your basket of three items. And so you're next in line, and then that flash comes on of that other, other aisle, and the voiceover says, we are now opening aisle two. So you're next in line, there's people behind you, so you got your basket, you walk, and the person behind you, how dare they, right? They fly past you, get into that aisle before you get there, now they're first in line. Ever been upset by that? Come on, like, let's be real here. Like, if I wasn't a Christian pastor, like, it'd be up, slap, get behind me, Satan. I was here first. Like, there's just stuff that happens in life that we can be so offended by. You know, someone cuts us off on the road and we can't help it. You nearly caused an accident. You beep. You know, expletives everywhere. You know, window goes down so that you can wave like the queen, you know. (laughs) Not. You get so upset. Sometimes if we knew the intent, maybe that person that pushed in line was trying to get home because they've got a sick mother they're looking after. Maybe the person speeding has a son that's just rung them and said, I've, you know, hurt myself at football or I'm at the hospital because I've broken my collarbones. We can't always know the intent of the things that we experience, yet they so easily and quickly (laughs) stir up an offence within us. You know, what happens in us when we're offended? When we get offended and take on offence, now this is a really strong word, and I know I'm going to get some pushback here. You won't say it verbally, but inside you'll go, oh no. But you know when we take on offence, this is what's happening. There is literally a hatred that is starting to stir up within us, in our spirit. That's actually what's happening when we keep and have an offence that we hold against someone else. There's a hatred that starts to build up. And over time, if we don't deal with it, it gets worse and worse. Like it, gets, it just gets worse and worse. That should never happen. We have to understand that the only way to, to be delivered of an offence is to give God room to move. You know, We've got to understand that often when we are offended, it's not the other person's fault, is it? It's not their issue. Because the majority of the time, they don't even know that they've offended you. I remember saying to someone once, and because I like my Xbox gaming, people know I like my Xbox gaming, and I was playing with a group of friends, and one person who lives in one state said something derogatory about another person's mum. There was no malice in it, it's just the way that they speak. And this other person who's a Christian said, oh, I don't like it when you say that. It, because I really I hold my mum in very high esteem, and that that actually that, I, that offends me when you say something like that. Now all this other person had to do was say this: I had no idea I, that that was not my intent. It's just it's the way I speak about my mum. We joke like that, but I, I totally understand. 
I'm, I'm sorry that I said that. That's all I would have taken. But this other person said, so? I, I didn't mean to offend you. I'm not going to change what I said. And so now I'm, on the, I'm on this, in this game where, you know, shooting people, killing people, having great time. And, and I just said, just say sorry. What for? I didn't do anything wrong. No, no, you didn't intentionally do anything wrong, but you, you hurt this person's feelings. So rather than him carry this offence, just say sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to change who I am. So the two of them are just as stubborn as each other. One that understands she didn't mean anything, but now I'm going to hold on to a, a bit of an offence and I'd rather never play with this person again. And this person over here that says, well, if he's so you know, weak, I'm not going to say sorry. This is just... That's what happens in the world. You've got that stuff happening in churches. Look, what's wrong with people? It's like watching two three-year-olds. Yeah? And yet we're adults. It makes no sense. It's not their issue. If we've been offended half the time, it's not their issue. They've said something, they probably didn't mean it. We're the ones that have to work, 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 work through it. And so often when people are offended at us, as much as they should be able to work through it, sometimes we have to acknowledge that it's our issue and we just apologise for it if we're the ones that have created offence. You know, have you ever asked yourself, how does offence come to the church? You know, when somebody doesn't speak to us in church, have you ever heard, heard that before? I'm just bringing up some negative stuff because for me it's not negative, it's funny. I actually find it funny that people can live in this space and still say, I love Jesus. Now I'm being offensive on purpose, right? Because I can't understand how someone can live in this space and still say, I love Jesus, all to Jesus, I surrender, hate your guts. You know, like it doesn't work. It just doesn't work, does it? You know, someone doesn't speak to us, or, or better still, as a pastor, sometimes you want to lead people in the things of God. So you very gently, in love, bring correction. But you know, sometimes people don't like correction. If I ever bring correction to anyone, people here know me, so they just know me. If you're taking offence by anything that I've said, then you don't know me. You actually don't. Because everything I say is out of love. So if I bring correction, it's out of love. If I'm joking, it's out of love. I've got to be careful because growing up in the western suburbs, Samuel knows I'm a stirrer. I love to stir the pot. I love it. And I love getting the reaction from people. I love it because it's like you guys, you know, like, let's just keep stirring. You know, Vicky and I have a great time because she, she knows exactly what I'm like. So she stirs back. Right, which is great because then I can up the ante. Now, that's where I now have to be careful because I'm re- I've got multiple levels of stirring. You know, like I, if there was like a, a black belt for it or, or, or a first place ribbon or something like that, I, I would have that. So when we're bantering and I'm upping the ante, yeah, I now have to be careful because I've got people around me that are being offended because they don't understand who I am. Yeah? So I have to be careful that the way that I live my life and the way that I speak doesn't bring offence, but also those that are in the hearing need to, if they're now offended by something, rather than run with that offence. Wouldn't it be easier if they just came up as a brother or a sister, as a family member, and say, hey, I didn't think that was appropriate. What? What, 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 what wasn't appropriate? Oh, I didn't even think. We were just having some fun. No, no, that's certainly not what... That was never my intent. I'm sorry about that. It's really not hard, is it, as a Christian, to be like Jesus? 
I remember someone, uh, uh, again, I, I just tell the stories because stories are where we learn. I had someone in our church once, I'm going back years and years, years ago, that was offended because I allowed my kids to watch a movie. That was only, the, that was only a movie that they heard because I shared it here. They had no idea what I let them watch at home. <laughs> oh my goodness, right? At the end of the day, what are you offended by that? It's my home. Don't carry an offence. The offence is actually going to bring offence and build offence between you and I and you and God. If my offence to you is unintentional, the only person that we're hurting when we hold on to an offence is ourselves. It separates us from God. We've got to be better than that. Better than that. That's why it says in Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city. A brother Offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. It means they're hard to win back. They're hard to win over because they're carrying an offence. And the problem with this, you know, is when we say things like, I'm not going to let anyone get close to me because when I do, I get hurt. I'm not going to let anyone get close to me because, you know, they hurt me. I, I, I'm not going to let anyone get close to me so I'm going to keep people at a distance when we, when we do that we're actually not keeping people from getting in, what we're actually doing is keeping ourselves from getting out we've placed ourselves in a prison where we can't build relationships with each other or with God Man, who, who, who would like a good relationship with God? so we've got to deal with offence and you know, people deal with offence from stuff that was 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years ago, and they still carry that stuff. Man, people carry offence against car makers because they had a car and it broke down. That just happens. You know, it wasn't their fault. They didn't purposely go out to say, when we built the 300,452nd car, let's make sure that we put enough problems in it so whoever gets it right for the next five years of their warranty has to keep bringing it back to the shop every week that they did not do <laughs> they didn't do it why do people carry an offense you and i we're not meant to live a life isolated we're not meant to live a life alone that's the enemy at work placing offense between us and god he does it in marriages amongst couples he does it in families with kids you know, if you and I, to be totally honest, we have all at one point or another been offended by or offended our partner. If we're to be totally open, honest and transparent, we've all offended our children or, better still, been offended by our children. Yeah? I mean, I know mums and dads that don't speak to their kids and kids that don't speak to mums and dads. And I'm not talking about extreme circumstances. Yeah? Because even in the extreme, we're called to love anyway. Not to hold on to an offence. All we have to do is say sorry. And when we actually say sorry, if we're the person that brings the offence, it actually deepens a person's love and appreciation for us anyway. Makes us more Christ-like. Offences come in the workplace. They, they come all the time. You hear it from employers, you know, that their staff aren't working. You hear it from employees that the, the bosses want too much. How about that, whether you're a boss, don't do it meanly. And if you're an employer, employee that's working, just work as if you're working for God. Yeah? So that both people can actually get along well. A productive workplace, happy workplace. That works for me. <sighs> Why does it come? Why does offence come? I know that God can use all things together for good for those that love him. You know, why, why 
the situations arise that could offend us. And I think this is what I believe Jesus' perspective is. Simply this. It's an opportunity for us to grow in grace. It's an opportunity to give what God has given us, given us the same grace, the same forgiveness, the same mercy. He creates an opportunity or allows an opportunity for us that we can now share that stuff with others. It's only the enemy that wants us to remain offended. If we want to see the promises of God for our lives, we've got to fight offence. Because at the end of the day, offence is really sim- simply this. It's a choice. Yeah, We've chosen, chosen to be offended. No, 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 pastor, you don't know what that, that man did to me. You don't know what that girl said to me. You don't know what happened to me. No, I don't, but I don't need to. It's still a choice regardless. You and I choose to be offended. You know, Proverbs 19.11 says, Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Sensible people control it. Why, 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 why do we allow what happens around us to offend us? You know, if we overlooked those things, life would be better. It would be so, so much better. So what do we do? Well, let's, let's give ourselves some tools, yeah? Because some of you are just too serious. You're looking very serious. I'm looking at Ross, and Ross is thinking, you know, give me something happy here, Andrew, please. You know, well, okay, I'll do my best. Maybe if we are offended, if we're going to be open, honest, and transparent, because that's the language of the house, maybe we just need to acknowledge that we're offended. How's that? Rather than live in it, as Christians, and let it you know, stir up and boil, maybe we just need to acknowledge it. Don't hide it. Don't dismiss it. Recognize it before God, before those that are around us. Yeah? And then, then, if we can, let's deal with it before it leads us astray. How's that? So that, because I picked on Ross, pick on him again. If I'm offended with Ross, rather than carry that offense... Can we catch up and have a coffee? Sure, why? Let's do it. We haven't done it for a week. Cool, let's go. Hey, somewhere in the middle of the first coffee, not straight away, you don't want to do it straight away. That'd be the wrong, that would be wrong. Yeah? You've you got to learn to do things you know, correctly. But somewhere in the middle of the first coffee, you might say, hey, I was thinking about, you know when we caught up the other day and you said A, B, C, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was a really good conversation because we were talking about this. They have no idea. Actually, I was, I was hurt by something that you said and I find that I can't let it go. Now, if I know Ross at all, I would imagine his first response would be, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant at all. I, I didn't mean it like that. We were just talking about that stuff and this was a, a perspective. Oh, no, I didn't mean to. Offend. I'm so sorry. In fact, I know 100% that if there was something like that with myself and Ross, that's exactly, exactly how we would answer. I would hope that's how all of us would answer. We just have to deal with it because we're Christians. Yeah? And, and, and this is for free. Oh, let's get into the bugbear stuff. You know what I really dislike? You know when you, someone's offended? When someone comes alongside them, that has got nothing to do with the situation or the circumstance, but all of a sudden, my son's offended, so he shares that offence about what Rob did to him. I'm just picking on someone that I can look at. And then I, yeah, is that true, Sam? Rob. (laughs) 
And now I'm carrying the same offence. I don't even know what happened. I wasn't even there. I'm just taking his side. It's always two sides of a story. What I should be doing is coming along my son and saying, hey, do you know what Rob's like? Yes. Do you think he meant that to offend you? No, not at all. Well, if you know what he's like and that he would never mean to offend you, why are you carrying an offence? Let it go. Oh, I can't. You don't understand what he said. No, I don't. But do you understand? Do you know his heart? Yes. Was that what he meant? No. Well, in that case, let it go. Because the issue is no longer there. The issue is here. So please, 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 please. Brothers, sisters, when someone comes and shares an offence, which is now gossip, right? When they come and share an offence, if you don't have the courage like I have to slap them, then just very, very lovingly say, hey, come on, that's not right. What's not right? The way you're speaking about that person. Oh, I'm just sharing with you what they did. No, no, no. It's actually moving into gossip. Why don't we work it out? I'm sure that's not what they meant. Why don't we deal with it like adults that have some level of maturity so that we can say, you know what? We're like Jesus. And so when we hear about a church that splits, we go, oh, you know what? I don't think that would ever happen here. Why not? Well, because we've just learned how to deal with offences so that it doesn't get to stuff like that. Come on, that's really good, I reckon. You know what? And we need to acknowledge the Bible talks about, you know, the speck in the log, Matthew 7, 1. Don't judge others and you'll not be judged. For um, You will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you'll be judged. And why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to a friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your eye? In other words, deal with your stuff. Acknowledge what's going on in your own life. If I'm offended by something, what is it that's stirring up inside me that's causing me to act in a way that's not like Jesus? Because I want everyone that walks through this door that meets, any, that meets Liam and shakes his hand that says, wow, that, I don't know what there was about him, but there was just a, it's like I met Jesus. Someone that comes in and sees Vicky and she smiles, yeah, and she tells one of her... Terrible mum jokes, right? Right? They go, wow, she was just so loving, you know? Different, short, but loving. No, she has to, she can't be offended, not after this message. She has to love me anyway. She's had years of experience in forgiving offence. She lives with Ray. Anyway, um, keep moving forward. Oh, come on. Come on. If people know me by now, Follow the words of Jesus. Don't judge people's motives. Don't judge their intent. Don't judge, don't judge, don't judge. If we don't judge, it actually gives us a free pass to live like Jesus. And, and when we do judge, it, it actually removes the freedom that we have. Like, just because we're free in Christ doesn't give us a license to offend people everywhere. You know, all things are, are good, but not all things are permissible when we're dealing with people. Don't judge people. Don't judge their actions. Just don't do it. Don't gossip. Don't, don't be what the, what the world is. Go first privately. Work it out with the person. I'd never be offended if someone came up to me and said, I was offended by that. Really? I, I, I didn't mean it. To offend you, I'm so sorry. Like Mel and I have conversations like this all the time. She goes, that hurt me when you said that. 
It's not what I meant. What I meant was, no, no, don't make excuses. You hurt me. <sighs> I hear you. I'm just trying to help you understand where I was coming from so that then you wouldn't be offended because if you knew what I was really saying, you couldn't possibly be hurt. So you're doing it again. You're just making excuses for what you said. Sorry, love. I didn't mean to offend you. And then when she walks away, just under my breath, it's because I never meant it like that anyway. <laughs> just deal with it. Go to the person. You know, deal with it. Live free. Live free. And, and lastly, really, and the, the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you this, I believe, is that once we forgive someone for whatever they've said, Scripture tells me that I've got to leave it to God now. Because if I'm still carrying it, then I haven't given it to him. I haven't truly forgiven. You know, Make allowances for those that are around you in your life because they're making allowances for you. Make allowances for your pastor because I make mistakes all the time. Make allowances and forgive anyone who offends you because remember, at the end of the day, Jesus forgave us. <laughs> He forgave us. The whole message, this everything about offence is really about being like Jesus. He's acting like him. Choosing not to be offended. He could have been so offended. Chased, whipped, spat at, beaten, maligned, lied about. Never once do you read somewhere that Jesus was so offended he sent lightning to kill Caesar on his seat. You know, like, wouldn't it be good to be able to do that though? <laughs> but then because you're God, you go and you bring him back to life because I'm not allowed to do that. <laughs> Jesus never did that. The only reason that we can do what the scriptures say is because of what Jesus has done for us. And because of what he's done for us, you and I don't have to live with offence. And I, I just want to say this, and just I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes for a minute. Samuel, maybe jump on the keys. Please, if you don't mind, thank you. I, I just live in a reality that I know some of us carry offence and sometimes it's against other people, sometimes it's against our own families, sometimes it's workplaces, sometimes it's something from 20 years ago that you've all but forgotten. But deep down inside, you know that if I never saw that person again, I wouldn't, wouldn't blink an eye. I think today, for me anyway, is a moment that we can actually, as Rob said during, during his communion, to reset, to realign with God himself and just to make things right, to be like Jesus. Because sometimes we need help. Help to remember that he's forgiven us. Sometimes we need to be reminded that we can choose to overlook, that you and I have the ability and the power to choose to forgive others. And again, it's choices, not chances, that determine our destiny. God has given us the ability to choose to walk by grace. So if we're going to walk anything like Jesus, if we're going to talk anything like Jesus, if we're going to smell anything like the Messiah, then we need to fight and we need to deal with offence. Because I don't know about you, I don't want it to rob me of any of God's promises over my life or over this house.
the question for us today with eyes closed, don't worry about the person next to you, is are you willing to lay it down? You know, if you're watching at home, are you willing to lay it down? I know people have gone from workplace to workplace, church to church, school to school, and the one common denominator is them. Sometimes we just need to lay it down. And so if you know there's an offence that you carry, this doesn't have to be a a, a public spectacle. I'm just going to ask you to put your hands out towards the Lord, just where you're seated. Just let the, the melody in the background just minister to your soul for a minute. And in that space, picture the person, picture the circumstance that brought that offence, whether it was yesterday or whether it was 20 years ago, whether it was a mum or a dad or a grandparent. whether it was one of your children. And just between you and God, just ask him to remove that offence. Move it so that you can grow. Move it so that others can see Jesus. Move it so that others can actually discover the love, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness that we live in each and every day. Because life is too short to carry offence. Life is way too short to allow the enemy to rob you of all that God has in store for you. And so, Father, right now, this moment, God, Lord, every picture, God, every face, every circumstance. Lord, every bit of hurt, every bit of pain. Lord, we ask you, Holy Spirit, just to take that. We want to be a better people. We want to be a people that shine Jesus. We want to be a people that speak Jesus, that smell Jesus, that look like him. We want to be the bearers of forgiveness. Lord, we want to hold out the olive branch to those that have offended us in the past. God, with things that they've said, things that they've done, those that have unintentionally hurt us, God, those that have even intentionally hurt us. Lord, we just say the words, we forgive them, and God, take that pain that we might move on. We thank you for the way that you minister to our hearts. We thank you for the way that you create within us a brand new heart. I thank you, God, that even now, Lord, you're restoring and refreshing hearts in this place. I know that, Father, now you're even touching those that are watching from home. Lord, as they give up that offense, as they let it go, God, I know that within their own spirits, they're creating a space for more of you. Lord, that space that that offense took, Lord God, take it back, I pray in Jesus' name that more of your spirit would flow, more of your revelation would come, more of your understanding, more of your warmth, more of your forgiveness, that we would be a victorious people, that as we cry out to you, as we shout your praise, Lord, we would see the walls of our Jerichos come down. And Father, on this day, on Sunday the 28th of May, Lord God,
Lord, we pray that wall of offense will come tumbling down. We thank you for hearing. We thank you for being. We thank you for loving. And we give it all to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So take a deep breath, church. Take a deep breath in. And live in the freedom that comes from not having to hold on to a fence. And let's be Jesus to a world that so needs his love, his care, his mercy. Amen. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy your fellowship. Enjoy your coffees and teas and lunches. Enjoy each other. Amen.